0: Go down. Drop this. The moment y'all been waiting for. Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs. We win.com. Injury Lawyer Studio. It's the show where Indy comes to top. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. on 96 one, one, two, two, three, 3. Hold up.
1: Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Indy's newsman. Cameron Riddle coming to you live from the Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC studios in downtown Indianapolis on what is now the first day of May 2022. That means in two days it will be election day all across the great state of Indiana. The primary election uh, is now just two days away. And sure, the governor's not running. There's no president to vote for. But there are still several important local and statewide offices that need your vote. One of them is what we've been focusing on for the past two weeks here on Open Lines is Senate District 46. That's the newly created district that goes pretty much through the center of Indianapolis. Takes a chunk of the South, takes a chunk of the West, takes a chunk of takes a chunk of the East to create the newly created Senate District 46. And last week, we had on Ashley Eason and Carla Loet Carla Lopez Owens, two of the five, count them, five Democratic candidates who are running for that seat. There is a Republican running, and that is Evan Sheeran. He's the only Republican running, so no matter who what, whoever wins on Tuesday On the Democrat side, will go against Evan Sheeran. So I said that there are five candidates. We've talked to two today. Let's finish it out and talk with three. That includes Bob Kern. He's made some note local and national headlines for previous uh, races that he's run in and for some controversial things. But that happened a while ago. But Bob Kern is throwing his hat back into the ring to become your next senator. We'll talk with him this morning, along with Andrea Hunley. She is the Indianapolis Public Schools principal uh, who has been in education for the past 10 years, but now wants to throw her hand into politics. and. After a year like we had in the state house, you could only imagine why a principal or a teacher, someone in education, would want to start keeping a closer eye on what is happening in politics. And to close this out, Kristen Jones will join us. She is currently a city county counselor, and she is the only candidate of the five that has actually got the Democratic Party's endorsement. We'll talk to her about why she wants to go from one end of Market Street at the City County Building to the other end of Market Street at the State House. All of that is coming up this morning right here on this all-election edition of Open Lines. And because we have three guests this morning to get to, three political candidates that I each want to give uh, equal time to, an equal opportunity uh, to come on the show and talk with you, we're going to jump right into it. So this morning, I welcome you. The phone lines will be open from the jump. At 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. uh, And talk with these candidates because they are asking for your vote if you haven't early voted. Uh, um, Early voting is still going on until a certain time today. And then it shuts down for a day. And then actual voting can begin on the actual election day on Tuesday. As a reminder... You can vote at any location in Marion County. So you all know I live up on the northwest side, but also work down on the south side. If it's more convenient for me to go out to a polling location, as we call them now, voting centers on the south side on my lunch break, I can do that. So can you. They've made it very easy. Uh, You don't have to go to the one that's nearest to your house. Uh, You can go to any location and you will be able to vote. So with that said, our first guest this morning is Bob Kern. He is running uh, for Senate District 46. Thank you very much, Ethan. Ethan did me a good favor here this morning. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, Bob Kern joins us on our live line right now. Bob Kern, good morning.
0: Good morning and good morning to um, the guests that are listening.
1: It's good to have uh, you here, thank Bob. You. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. This is an important race. Uh, there's five of you who are running. You want to be one of Indiana's next state senators. Why does Bob Kern want to be one of those senators?
0: Well, I want to be one of those senators because I've worked my entire life in serving people. Um, I think it's very important in serving Um in, in every capacity of life and serving people, and especially in the political arena, um, it's very important to serve. And not only to serve um, in that capacity, but you also get to tell people about uh, your your relationship that you might have with God. Um, and a lot of people are like, why are we adding God to the equation? Well, you know, God is in the equation, whether you want him in the equation or not, because even though you can't see him, you know, even though you can't see him, he's there. And, um, he's always there in the midst, regardless if you want him there or not, he's there. Um, and, uh, I feel as though that he's been with me my entire life and he has, he has, he has always made a way when I never think there's a way there's a way. And um, he's told me to run many times and I have done what he tells me to do. And the last time that he told me to run before this time, was uh in nineteen ninety eight mm-hmm. and i ended up winning uh the nineteen ninety eight uh congressional uh race to be the nominee for the democratic party for u s congress
1: now of course that was back uh as you said in ninety eight uh you were running for the what was then district two in the south bend elkhart area no no
0: no it was District 6, uh, which was um, part of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was um, in, like, Geist area and and into Hamilton County. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, the second district is down south in southern Indiana.
1: Well, they've changed several times. I get the numbers confused, but let me double-check here on my notes, but— um I know at one point you had run um in in northern Indiana, no
0: right yes, i did okay twenty four years ago uh twenty four years ago um as of the third of the well the fifth of may, i would have it would have been uh twenty four years ago that I won the primary
1: right um, and that and that was district two. Which includes yeah. part of uh, Saint Joseph County, so that's South Bend some of the stuff up north, so no that that was correct, but go ahead,
0: okay, so in um well, then it was longer than that then yeah the numbers I mean, the
1: numbers change all the yeah. time, don't worry about yeah. it,
0: yeah, so in I ran against miss Indiana uh in uh district two uh that was uh actually not two anyway, it's number nine, it was district nine. So the the, the 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 last time I ran was in District Nine. I ran in District Two and I ran in District Nine. District Nine is Southern Indiana. Up north is District Two. But the last time I ran was in District uh, Number Nine. That was the last district that I ran in.
1: So you so you, I, you've run several times now, but if you're actually elected this time, let me ask you: You've had a lot of time to think about this over the course of 25 or so years um if you're elected what's the first thing you want to accomplish at the state house what's the first bill you're going to put up
0: well the first bill that i would like to put up would be um education bill that would include that would help to include um putting um Teaching of um his and to teach history about African American and Latino Hispanic and uh Native American and Asian cultures as well as putting perennial perennial parental rights um back in the hands of the parents, all right, to, um for them to make the choices that they need to make for their children's education and discipline. Now, while in, in school,
1: now in my readings about you, uh, you're 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 a little bit of a different breed there, uh, uh, Bob. As far as some of the things you just said, with you know you want parents to have more control of what's happening in the classroom. Some of your views are not uh, exactly mainstream uh, in line with the rest of the progressives or Democrats, and that's okay. Um, But why does, tell me about some of those other things. Don't let me talk about it, but tell me some of those other things where maybe you don't agree with exactly what the other Democrats are going to do, because right now you're up against four other Democrats. So what makes Bob Kern a different kind of Democrat politically? Well,
0: I believe that teachers um, are educators and they are there to teach, okay? That the school is for teaching. Um, Parents have the right to make sure that their children have the right curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, They have the right education. They have a right to be involved in that education. They have the right to... Discipline their children, how they see fit, they don't need to be told what to do, and you know they should be the number one person going into that school building at any time and every time to know what's going on with their child. There are things that are going on in the school system today that that they that they either don't have control over or they don't know what's going on because And I heard this from a few of the teachers that, well, we don't know what we're talking about. We're not educated enough in that area to know. That's not true. And, you know, it doesn't take a master's degree, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out anything that someone's teaching your child something that they shouldn't be learning if the parents don't want them to be learning. The The only thing they should be going there to learn is reading, writing, and arithmetic and whatever else helps them along the way to become a fine citizen of this country. And they don't need to be Told that they are somebody that they're not. People, kids, um, this uh, this thing that we got where kids are kids are kids, and they're not. Uh, they have mm-hmm. the, the children can't make up their minds uh, this early to know that they're a boy or a girl. It's too early. Okay. Their brains have not fully functioned, have not fully developed. Yes, it's confusing, but let the parents, the parents deal with that, not the school. But the parents deal with that situation. That is a family situation. That is that is something that the family handles, not the school. School
1: involvement needs to stay out. And, well, well, okay, and Bob. This- let me let me stop you right there. What? uh because you got some phone calls we're getting up on time, but now now you've piqued my interest. what portion of the school to your understanding is is the school involved um because let me let me give you something from a first hand experience uh you know what I have a lot of jobs bob uh and and one of my jobs is school bus driver, and mm-hmm. this year I have two students on two different routes um that go by a different name identify Uh-oh. um with a different gender than what they were born with. Um, and uh-huh. only thing, um, you know, I didn't have an issue with that. I liked the, those students. Um, they had some trouble with other, with teachers. I know one talks to me and said, yeah, I had to switch classes because this teacher wouldn't, uh, didn't want to call me by the name that I wanted to be called. Um, what, other than that, what issue do you know of that, how the schools is handling it? Because, the the changing of the name and the identity and all of that happened at home. It was just only thing at school was that I was, she told me, Hey, this is how I would like to identify.
0: Well, there, all I know is that we're taking our tax dollars and we are, um, teaching, um, CRT, um, and I just, I just believe. Uh, and many people have talked to me uh, that I've talked to that they just don't agree, you know, w- you know, with this because children are, are are in the growing period. They, you know, they think, you know, some, you know, some kids are just it's, it's like, um, you know, maybe when they get older they'll change their mind. I, I, I don't know.
1: All right. Let me stop you right there. You got some calls. So we're running up on time. 317-239-9696. 317 uh, 239 Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? You got about 30 seconds.
2: Uh, hi, Carl. Uh, uh, Bobby, you know, he's telling the truth. The Urban League and all these other uh, so-called intellectuals and all the other candidates are supporting sexualizing three years old. That's a Sigmund Freud uh, perversion. They say if you can get them when they're three and, and train them to be homosexual or whatever they want them to be by the time they're three when they're potty training them. So it's just stupid to to to, to even fathom uh, what they're trying to do. And the black community's going along with it. Every pastor in town have anointed them. What is what up with the GLBTQ? They can be uh, criticized and rebuked just like anybody else. They're well, let me ask you, Larry. I'm, I'm going to
1: Larry. I'm, inter- I'm going to interrupt you just for the sake of time. Does Bob Kern have your vote? Bob Kern, you sure have my vote because you've
2: expressed what I've been trying to express a lot of times. Maybe they'll take it from you. But the GLBTQ community has a, they're riding the backs of black people and uh, trying to equate 400 years of slavery with their uh, state of mind and their perversion. So. uh... Thanks,
1: Bobby. All right. Thank you, Larry. Bob, let me get you one more call here before we move on. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Hello? Good morning. Good morning. You got about 30 seconds.
2: All right. This is Kay Mac. I was calling. I, I heard the, uh, the candidate slide in CRT. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, can you prove me to which school is keeping CRT? Excellent. That's another talking point in that in that second that caller that calls
3: you all the time, Larry. He's
1: just uh, a troll all the time for me. And that's uh, I thought, let me just explain where the CYT is calling. All right, thanks. I appreciate the call. <laughs> you got? Uh, we've got just a minute or two, uh, Mr. Bob Kern. Do you know of Indi- any Indiana school that is actively teaching CRT?
0: I don't have any children that are going. To the school, so I don't myself others have told me um, I've been told uh there's some in um in, Wash- in um in Warren and uh, not Warren Washington township i was run I ran into some lady thinking that she was going to be living in Warren, but she lived in Washington
1: interesting all right, Bob, we got about thirty seconds left, and I want to ask you when folks look you up. They're going to find, uh, you know, the headlines like this one that and I'm going to read this from the Indianapolis Star. Uh, Bob Kern has made national and local headlines for a, quote, checkered past, including his attempts to run for Congress uh, that we've already talked about, but also for having a felony record. Um, and, I don't
0: have a felony record.
1: And I'm just reading the uh, just reading what folks are going to read. And I want you to give uh, the I want you to be able to to explain this to them. But. Um, This is from the Indianapolis Star. I'm reading verbatim, including his attempts to run for Congress seats, uh, congressional seats, while also having a felony record and his reputation for impersonating a female judge. Now, Indianapolis Star has talked to you about this and you've given them a response. Can you just um, because when folks look you up, they're going to see that. Um, Can you just say what you said to the Indianapolis Star? That was that happened some time ago. Uh, How do you uh, answer that as you're running to be one of our state leaders?
0: Okay, uh, like I said, I don't have a felony record um, and as as far as all the other things, those were misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. They called me a crossdresser mm-hmm. I've never crossdressed. I worked at the Marion County Sheriff's Department with detectives, so there was things that they asked me to do that I just thought was kind of weird, but mm-hmm. i I flew along with. The uh, with them that because i worked with uh people in vice to help uh get drugs off the street and um so basically uh you know i haven't done anything that i'm that i'm ashamed of okay and, and anything in my past is in my past mm-hmm. and we and this was um Back in 1989, 1989, we're talking in 1989, Mm -hmm. and we're in 2022, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and we're still talking about this garbage, Mm -hmm. okay? And that is, those things that that we're talking about is garbage, and if it was something that I did do, it's not who I am today. And that's what they try to do, the Democratic Party does to people when they don't want something or people to move forward. They always put stumbling blocks in front of people. You know, it's time to let people get off the darn plantation and let's start letting people be
1: who God created them to be. Well, let me ask you this, because we're we're at time. Is what the Indianapolis Star is, you know, they say here in 2007, you were convicted of a felony again a second time. Um, Now, obviously, that does not disqualify you from running. You're well within your rights and able to run for this election. But you said you don't have a felony record. So is is what they are reporting, is that incorrect?
0: I do not. I'm going to tell you right now, I do not have a felony record.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Bob Kern. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking to you. Um, wish you all the best as we wish all five of the Democratic candidates the best on Tuesday. Um, how can people learn more about you or, or have conversations? I know, Larry, obviously, you have his vote um, and I know there are others out there. How can people get in touch with Bob Kern and talk some more before Tuesday?
0: OK, um, they can call me Um at um, 463-266-1617. Or they can hit my uh, website, Bobby Kern B-O-B-B-Y, kern, K-E-R-N, dot com. Um, and we can always sit down and have lunch. All right. Or, yeah. Bob uh, Kern? can be anywhere at any time. My ballot number is um, 15A, and I encourage everyone to vote for me because um, I'm the name you know, and I, I'm running because I believe that everybody has the right to run, and I believe that everybody has the right to vote. With that said, let me say one more thing. You got 10 seconds. I, I love people for who they are and where they are in their life. And that
1: is it. All right, Bob Kern, we thank you for having you for coming on the show and not shying away for the topics. Thank you, Bob. Good luck. Uh-huh. Still to come here on Open Lines. We talked a bit about education. Well, we'll talk with a person who knows education firsthand. She is Andrea Hunley. She's an Indianapolis public school principal, and she too is running for Senate District 46 to be one of Indiana's next senators. We will talk with her in three minutes. Ethan, we're gonna take a three-minute commercial break, and we are back with. Andrea Hunley when Open Lines continues on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC.
0: Back to Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3.
1: And we are back here on Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 on this Sunday, May 1st, two days before the election across Indiana. Indiana's May primary election is happening on Tuesday. And you still have time to vote if you haven't early voted. I don't want to lie to you and tell you that the city-county voting is still open until noon today. That's usually how it goes, but I don't have it in front of me to tell you. But, um... On Tuesday, Election Day, you can vote from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at any Marion County uh, voting location. If you live in Marion County, we go by Vote Centers. You can vote uh, at any location in Marion County. Across the state, if you live in a different county, it may be different. You'll need to check and see. Uh, But bottom line, 6 to 6 on election day our next candidate we're going to talk to this morning is andrea hunley she is an indianapolis school principal and obviously you know she's seen things firsthand from being a teacher to being a principal she has seen the politics that has happened in the classroom and i can only guess that's part of reason why she wants to throw uh, move her office maybe from the front of a school to down at uh, the indiana state house she joins us on our live line uh, right now andrea hunley good morning
4: Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And I do want to let folks know that the vote centers, um, the early voting locations, all of them, including the city county building and Warren Township Government Center, are open 10 to 5 today. 10 to 5, and then, okay. And then city county building is open tomorrow from 8 to noon. It's That's tomorrow. That's the only location open tomorrow.
1: Okay, yes. I'm a day ahead. It's tomorrow at noon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I knew it was noon. just can't remember if it was today or tomorrow. I appreciate that. Uh, Andrea Hundley, you're a school principal. Why do you want to go into politics?
4: Well, I'll tell you, so I've been in public education for the past 17 years as a teacher and as a principal, and I've always had an interest in policy. And you know that education is one of the most regulated industries, um, but you know, I'm interested in education. I'm also a small business owner and a mom, and so I see a lot in the community, and I really am running not only for students and families, but also because our community needs a voice that truly reflects the community.
1: Um. If you become uh, elected to office, what is the first bill you are going to put up, or the first bill you'd, in, a, in Andrew's perfect role, what's the first bill you would get passed?
4: The first bill I would get passed? Well, I would tell you that, you know, for education, we've got quite a bit of work to do around equitable funding to make sure that our schools, um, you know, all are, are funded equitably in a way where we have robust curriculum that centers on the whole child where we have programs like STEM opportunities that science and technology, engineering and math, but also robust arts programming in all of our schools. And where, you know, students in traditionally underserved neighborhoods or populations um, aren't disadvantaged, where we can really turn that system around. I think funding is an important way to do that.
1: Um, what... I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole, really, of of CRT. But let me ask you, are you teaching CRT at one of your schools?
4: Absolutely not. (laughs) Are we working hard to dismantle systemic racism? Absolutely. Of course we are. And that means that we are, you know, addressing the disadvantages that our Black and Latino students have head on. And we're making sure that teachers know how to teach in a culturally responsive way. But CRT is not something that is taught in K-12 schools anywhere in Indiana.
1: Tell me about your uh, your background in education. You're a principal now, but I assume before that you were a teacher.
4: I was a teacher. I taught at Ben Davis High School on the city's west side. And my students that I had then are um, now in their 30s and have children of their own. And then um, I've been a principal for the past 10 years in Indianapolis Public School 2, which is a kindergarten through eighth grade school. So I've experienced um, kin- you know, with kindergartners all the way up to 12th graders.
1: You're running against five other Democrats for this one seat. Whoever wins on Tuesday is going to go up against Evan Sheeran. What sets you apart from the other four Democrats uh, that are also asking for the same vote you are today, tomorrow and Tuesday?
4: Well, this really is an exciting problem to have that we have, you know, uh, so many Democrats on the ballot. I will tell you, though, that I am the only one who has education experience and we know that. 50% 50% of our state budget um, you know, is invested in our schools. And it's critical that we have a teacher voice and an educational expert's voice helping to make those um, funding and finance decisions. I'm also the only one who's a small business owner. I'm the only mom to school-aged kids. I'm the only Black candidate who's running. And we know that when Black women lead we shake up those stagnant systems. We build consensus. We build coalitions. And I think that with this diverse district, we've got to have a voice that can truly represent all of us.
1: When it comes to actually working at the State House, um, regardless of, of who wins on Tuesday, uh, you will be part of a super minority of progressives and, of course, part of the. Uh, Eventually, the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. Um, how do you go up against a supermajority of Republicans?
4: Well, I think the same way you go up against any large bureaucratic system, uh, which you know I've been a part of. I mean, I'm a you know I'm a principal leading a staff of fifty. I oversee a four million dollar budget, and every day I show up. I have difficult conversations. I balance a multitude of decisions. Um, you know that require a lot of research, and I listen to the voices of the people in my community, and that's what it requires. You know, and I think that that's going to be the key to working with um, you know folks across the aisle is going to be knowing how to show up and have those difficult conversations, also to advocate and stand up for what you believe in. And I'm the only one that's been doing that for the past 10 years. Uh, you know, the other thing too, I grew up in Fort Wayne and I did um, some student teaching in Columbus, Indiana, in Monroe County. Um, I had a stint in Martinsville, and so I also know the stake. I know the rural communities and the small cities, even though, you know, I've grown up and spent most time in the urban core, and I think that that's the other piece, that I know that we want the same things. We want our women and babies to be taken care of. We want to have broadband access, um, you know, that that's high speed and high quality. We want to make sure that our waterways are clean. Like, there are many things that we can agree on across the aisle and I think that we've also got to start from a place of where we agree and what'll help all of our communities.
1: We are on the air this morning with Andrea Hunley. She's an Indianapolis Public Schools principal. She is one of the five candidates we we are talking to over two Sundays. We talked with two last week. We talked with Bob Kern at the top of the show. Right now we're talking with Andrea Hunley and then Kristen Jones will join us at the end of today's show. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to get on the air and talk with the person who is asking uh, for your vote. We do have someone, uh, folks, who are standing by on our live line. Let's go to the phones real quick. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this?
2: Hey, Cameron, I don't want her over the state house crime racism on my behalf. She's nothing but a Jew in She's working for the Mind trust. And what they're trying to do is ethnic cleanse. She's the ethnic cleanser to cleanse the black kids out of IPS so that the white kids can take over. She knows she's doing it, along with the, uh, the other representatives and the uh, black legislative caucus. They're ethnic cleansing IPS. All right, they that's time. That's one more thing, Kevin. I mean, she's trying to tell I know.
1: I'm gonna here, my
4: call Larry calling
2: in. Yeah.
1: All right, thank you, Larry. Yes, that is a uh, good yeah. friend of the show, regular caller. Yeah.
4: And so the only thing I'll say to that is that I'm really proud to have the endorsement of um, members of the Black Legislative Caucus, including you know Representative Shackleford and Pryor. And I look forward to working with them. I also want to emphasize that he's right. I will absolutely stand up for the rights of everyone in our community, even folks that he disagrees with, because we all deserve to live in a community where we can be our truest self and live and laugh and love and dream big and work without fear of retribution for who we are or where we come from.
1: I assume that education, as based on the conversation we had, is gonna be your number one focus.
4: It will be a very important focus. I mean, I'm also a whole person, you know, who does a lot in the community. Um, And, you know, I've I've worked with many organizations, both public and private. Mm -hmm. And so lifting up our small businesses is also important for me and making sure that we increase our minimum wage and then that we're fully funding transit. I'm also a one-car family. I bike, walk, or take Indigo pretty much everywhere in the city. And so it's important to me that um, that we also have you know, systems and structures that allow for folks to get to where they need to go that don't rely on a car.
1: You bring up, you know, transportation, and, of course, um, you're a principal in Indianapolis. There have been some bills um, sent up in the past two years that focus on Indianapolis um, and basically only impact Indianapolis. They target Indianapolis. You're going to be, if elected, Um, the state senator who is representing literally the center part of the state and probably two-thirds of Indianapolis, Um, what can you say? Is there anything that you can do? Do you have any goals on trying to understand why the area you want to run for is targeted so often by Republicans? I'm talking about the efforts Mm -hmm. to stop transit, as you just mentioned. Um, But then there's also education, which uh, the school funding thing affects really all the schools. But um, that, too, has been an issue where we are hearing people scream out and cry out that we need this. And the answer is no.
4: Mhm. Yeah, it's really true. I think that we just need to continue to emphasize local control. And there are things that do not need to be decided in the state house and should be decided, you know, at the city county building. I think that we need to continue to to emphasize that. But I was down at the state house this past session, um, you know, making sure that I was advocating for the blue line and for the state house to stay out of it. Uh, you know, I was one of the people who was phone banking and knocking on doors to make sure that we got that transit measure passed all those years ago. And um, and I'll be behind if they you know try and strip that away from us now because that's something that the voters have already decided. Um, but I love that you mentioned though how critical this district is. District 46 really is that cultural and economic hub of not just the city of Indianapolis but of our entire state. And we'll have to continually emphasize that when you know the city center here in Indy is doing well, the entire state does well.
1: 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. If elected, you you talked about one of the first bills. Will you still, um, obviously you're a mom and you're involved in the community. Will you still, can you still be a principal or still work in education? How will that work?
4: No, so I love teaching. It is my passion. And I enjoy being a principal as well. So right now, the district has been kind and flexible with me. They allowed me to go to a part-time schedule. So I've been working part-time. And we're going to cross that that bridge when we get there with human resources. But my goal is to continue working. Um, You know, Indiana is set up to be a part-time legislator Mm -hmm. and for folks to work in the community. And I think that that is critical. You know, there are a lot of people, um, especially men, who work as, you know, lawyers or consultants. Mm -hmm. And that's all well and good. Um, but I think that it's designed so that we are, you know, we are working with the people in our community uh, who we're representing each and every day.
1: Three Excellent. Well, and, we'll, and we'll have to pay attention to that because um, I, I, I will be interested to see um, how that balance works, because you're exactly right. There are several lots of our representatives there and senators who are lawyers and who do other jobs while they're there. Um, during the day and, um, I don't know if we've had a principal, an active principal or an active teacher. There
4: has, there's been a principal in the past and teachers. And then we also have reps who, um, who also uh, serve as substitute teachers, um, like, you know, representative JD Ford keeps Mm -hmm. up his substitute teaching license and and subs and buildings. So yeah, I knew about um, substitute
1: teachers, but Mm -hmm. never a full, so I'm interested to see and if it's happened in the past, I'm just interested to see how it works because it works for the lawyers. 317 239 9696. Let's go back to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? I think we just lost that person. I'll try line two. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on open lines. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. Who's this?
3: I am calling. This is Nyla. I have the question to, your, to the candidate.
1: Okay, go for it.
3: Uh, well, actually, two. One, are you sponsored by Mind Trust? As Larry stated, is it yes or no? Two, when you talk about things being equitable, I've been over at school too. You guys had those two mobile units that were put at the back of your school. And I'm trying to see how you will level and understand the communities that are not getting such special treatment by not being a part of the uh, CFI. And also um, how you're going to make people uh, understand when you come under the innovative umbrella, like Heron has, but they are still able to work in their own little uh, clique and not really be open to the community, because a lot of people do not know that Heron is part of the IPS umbrella. So all these little hidden agendas that are going on, how are you going to Uh, Let the community know what changes you intend to make where they don't get to just have their own boards, uh, whether it's um, a global prep or any other innovative uh, that's come under the IPS umbrella, getting IPS dollars and and all these things that have been worked out under the table, how you're going to put them on the table so the community will be more aware of what's really going on. So I'd like to hear how you address that.
4: Thank you for the question Ms. Mila so simple um, answer to the first one no I'm not sponsored by Mind Trust. I haven't at all um, so no that is that is not uh, part of my funding stream or support and then the other piece about being equitable so I will tell you that the CFI schools um, were innovative before innovative had a capital I they've been around for 30 years and for the past 10 I've been principal at school two and for the past 10 years i've also been working um, to get our building expanded we've been over capacity in our school for all 10 years that i've been there and so those new portable units are a poor substitute for any type of expansion that we need to do on our building but we have them on a three-year lease and that is what we've got Um, so now we can have a little bit more room uh, to breathe in our building and so we can expand our special education services Um, the other piece is about equity uh, so my school is, we are a, a IPS public school, not in one of the innovative schools. I think that what we've got to do is we've really got to streamline accountability. And I think that that's what I'm really hearing in the question. You know, everything that I do in my budget, in my $4 million budget, is um, I have to show it to the state board of accounts. And we are held accountable for every dollar that we spend. And we're accountable for all the decisions that we make. And so I think that we've got to look at the accountability system. And the other piece that I want to say about equity is that we do know that our programs that used to be called magnet schools, that we do have a problem with the way that we've done enrollment. And the way that enrollment has been done in the past did keep out students of color and it did keep out students of lower incomes. And we have been working so hard to right that wrong, a wrong that I was not a part of making but I will tell you that since 2016, we've been going to the school board and advocating for adjustments, and I'm really proud that one of those adjustments has been in our enrollment system, that now there are multiple rounds of the lottery, because before it was only once, and it was a year in advance. Well, what families have the opportunity a year in advance to know what they're going to be doing with their child? Those are families who don't have to worry about their light bills, who don't have to worry about where they'll be living, who, you know, all of these things, it's a privilege to know what you're gonna be doing a year in advance. And so now we've changed that system so that you can enroll in our buildings and apply to enroll in our buildings much closer um, to the start of the school year. And so we've been working on the equity front. There'll be more shifts that are coming that I'm also really proud of but haven't been finalized yet. Um, And So I will continue to fight in that same way for equity across all
1: school types. Andrea Hunley, the music has started. How can people find out more information about you?
4: AndreaHunley.com. It's also a great place to find your polling location or um, a nearby vote center for you for Election Day. We've got a great searchable map on there. But AndreaHunley.com, and that's where you can find out more about how to get in touch with me as well.
1: It's been a pleasure talking with you. As we say to all five, good luck on Thank your you. run for Senate District 46. We'll keep in touch. Take care. Still to come here on Open Lines, Kristen Jones. You may know her as your city county counselor, but she also wants to run for this seat in Senate District 46. She talks with us next on Open Lines.
0: Back to Open Lines with Cameron Riddle
3: on Hot 96.3.
1: We are back here on Open Lines on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC on this Sunday before the primary election here in Marion County. Over the past two Sundays here on Open Lines, we have talked with four of the five candidates who are running on the Democrat side uh, for the Senate District 46 seat. That is the newly created seat in the center of Marion County. Right now, we're supposed to be talking with Kristen Jones, but it appears we were not able to get her uh, on the phone. So we may not be able to hear from Kristen uh, before uh, the election, which is on Tuesday. Uh, As you know, you can go vote today at several polling places. Excuse me, let me use the proper Marion County terminology. Voting centers uh, throughout Marion County where you can go vote wherever, whatever is close to you, if you want to go After you get off of church this morning and there's a a polling, a voting center right across the street, go for it. You don't have to go all the way back to your side of town to go to the place that is near you. So uh, with that said, the round, the official day to early vote is on Tuesday. You can vote at the Marion County um, location up until um, hang tight. Kristen Jones, she just sent me a text. We're having some technical difficulties let's see let's see let's see okay um we are gonna get Kristen jones on hang on i'm texting while i'm talking i'm not driving so it's okay hang on uh let's see if i can try to focus on here let's just do this live you're gonna you'll hear me dial Kristen jones because she texted me i was trying to text her let's see let's let's use the phone see if i can multitask Mm-hmm. let's see if we're gonna get Kristen jones I hello you. it's Kristen. hi Kristen. hi how are you good i don't know we must have had some technical difficulties with the phone or something i just dialed the number again and i got you so i'm glad you're here <laughs>
5: Sorry, I dialed in because no one had called, so I was like, I am better dial it or listen in and see what was going on. And no, I I'm, heard you say that. I was like, I better text him. I'm
1: glad you did because I was trying to text you while – talking and so i saw it as soon as you came up okay great Thank now that we have for you here
5: I appreciate it
1: no problem no problem. i'm trying i'm trying to do it all live no down the phone i all really the time. appreciate
5: all the effort i appreciate it
1: no problem so let's talk we got we, we've got some time left uh we'll go okay, over sir. a few minutes and i'll get in trouble for it later i apologize um <laughs> that's okay i'll talk fast Kristen, why do you want to run uh you're you're at, you're already at the city county building you're on one side of market street why sure. do you want to run to the other side uh and and be a senator Sure.
5: I, I get that question a lot because over in the city county building, we are in the majority and on the other side of market street, we're going to be in the super minority. And I feel that I have the experience. I have the legislative experience to be in the super minority. I'm very productive on a city county counselor as being a city county counselor. Um, I have been very impactful. I've been getting things done. I Before being a city councilor, I have been an activist. I've been a volunteer for a great portion of my life. I've built many relationships. But then once I was elected in 2019, I was able to take that foundation of being a volunteer and a community activist um, to a new level. And to be in the super minority and to get anything heard, we are going to have to have those relationships across the aisle But I also this is a Democrat. We have to win this seat first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I'm the one who has a Democrat solid voting record. Um, And so I'm honored to be on our team with Congressman Carson. Um, So that's a great honor of my life. I've built uh, this relationship in our party um, over a great portion of my life. Um, So that's that's something I'm very, very proud of. Um, it's not something that I take lightly. Um, so that's the first hurdle, you know, is winning May 3rd, but, um, getting over that hurdle, then we'll be in the super minority and being a counselor. Um, I represent district 16 and everything that I've done on the council, um, I have, has been in a bipartisan way. And, um, I have those relationships with our Republican counselors and, um, you know, when we have an issue in our city, it doesn't have a D or an R in it, on it. It has our residents. Um, if you look at my tagline on my website, it's putting people first. Um, one of one of the things, one of um, I believe my story got started because somebody knocked on my door mm-hmm. ten years ago. My political story got started um, because somebody knocked on my door, and so I believe passionately in door knocking. Um, I believe behind every door is a story. And in just in this cycle alone, because um, I've been door knocking for 10 years, but expanded into Senate District 46, I have knocked on so many people's door in this district. They've hugged me. They've cried with me and told me that no one, no one in this district has cared enough to knock on their door and ask them, Mm -hmm. what can I, what can you do for them? How can you help them? And they said that I've been the only person who cared enough to knock on their door and say, how can I help? And that is shameful. Um, and so I will be that person for help, Mm -hmm. but you have to reach across the aisle a little bit and, um, get things done. And I am that person. I've, I've done that on the council. Everything I've got done has been in a bipartisan way. Um, and so I'm very productive in that way. I've got things projects have been set on the shelf for over 10 years in the city, and I've tied a bow on it, and I've got funding. I've advocated for neighborhoods, neighborhoods that have been neglected in my area. We have many neighborhoods on the east side that have been neglected, and I want to advocate for them. So I'm the person who has a proven record, a proven democratic record, of getting things done. I am that person. I'm tenacious, I to the point of being irritating, uh, my friends <laughs> may say, um, but I can do that, and I've been advocating. I've been advocating for working-class families. That's why I have the backing of the labor unions I am the person who's been advocating for working class families we need a living wage um, I have been on picket lines I have been when my family has been on strike my own family's been on strike I provided for we I provided um, meals and food trains for other striking workers um, so this is something that is to the core of my very being is serving other families um, and so, this is just why I stepped up to run. I'm passionate about serving families. I'm passionate about serving our working class. And we need that voice in the legislature. Um, organized labor really wants that voice at the table. And so they're lockstep with me every step of the way with us.
1: Well, Kristen, um, let me ask you this. What, and I've asked this to all of the candidates, if, if elected on, on Tuesday, and then, of course, you got to get through Evan Sheeran in the November election. Sure. Uh, yeah. But if you do make it to the statehouse, what is the first bill? Uh, in Christian's perfect world uh, that you would get past in Christian's perfect world it would be something
5: with infrastructure um so knocking doors for over 10 years it's 10 and it, and I we are very fortunate we're very blessed um in the area that we live with that we we're not dealing with violent crime we're not dealing with the hot, the violent homicides um it is 10 to 1 10 to 1 and uh, knocking doors for 10 in the last decade in this district it's infrastructures our folks want better roads, better sidewalks, better trails, better alleys, and it's infrastructure. It's infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. So, um, for hearing from the folks at the doors and hearing their voices, I want to take that advocacy to the State House and fight for infrastructure, new funding, new formulas, and fight for um, to get Indianapolis's fair share. Of what we deserve in Indianapolis. The funding formula is so messed up that rural counties and rural cities get the same allocation that Indianapolis does. And it, it, I've spent a decade of my life at the doors and hearing from folks, and it is overwhelming. We want help. Um, our roads are a mess our sidewalks are a mess. It's shameful that um, we have disabled folks, handicapped folks at their sidewalks in front of their house, I can't get it fixed. And it, it breaks my heart when, mm-hmm. when I'm talking to them that it's a funding formula that I can't get resources to them. And we we're, I do try and get it out. You know, I think, mm-hmm. well, it's not in the budget. So let's get it over here. We try over here. And I've been pretty, productive as best as i can but sometimes they tell me well it's a state issue so i'm like when this seat up opened up i said you know what i'm going to go fight for you at the state i am going to go do this because i really don't like to take no for an answer so i'm going to go fight for you at the state so it will be something with infrastructure because of the quality of life it is a quality of life issue for these residents and i've heard it for the last 10 years um and it it is is definitely 10 to 1 what i hear at the door Um, it's infrastructure
1: let's quickly jump to the phones take some calls 317-239-9696 we're on the air with kristen jones she is the fifth of five candidates that we have talked to for this seat for senate district 46 let's go to our live line Uh uh-oh kristen i hung up on kristen um because i didn't lock her in kristen call back that number that i called you on just call it back my that's my bad call her online too she's still listening go ahead
6: Hey, Cameron. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm good. How are you?
6: I'm doing okay. I, I just I just got a quick question uh, to any of the candidates. And this candidate that's on here now, she can answer this question. She says she's been dealing with something for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm 62 years old. I've been looking at the same stuff for 50 years. Which candidate in, Which candidate is going to come in and say, you know what? We need to stop um, fueling the white community and fuel the black community. Once we fuel the black community, then we can move forward. I want to know who's going to stop the racial indifference or racial imbalance. And in infrastructure, you got to fix sidewalks and streets. This stuff is this stuff is nil to me. I need to hear somebody going to say, hey, we're going to go in here and we're going to stop this racism in the banking. We're going to stop the housing racism. We're going to stop this. Which candidate is going to? Which candidate is going to do that? Is that on the person that's on here now? Is that on your agenda? Because that other stuff you're talking about is irrelevant. That stuff is irrelevant. Are we you don't in need District 46, for Paul? We need to build up. I don't care which, which where it's at, Cameron. We need well, to I'm just it. asking.
1: It, it does slightly what, matter. Are you? What, I'm trying what, to we, see. We, what, no,
6: I'm just saying, if, if, if you go to District 46, 47, it, it don't make no difference. This is a this this racism is a is a world disease. Which one of these candidates is going in there and telling them this is what we need to do to stop this?
1: Well, let's let her answer stay don't okay. okay,
5: so I apologize. I dial back in. I missed the first part of the question. Could you repeat the first part of the question,
1: Larry? I mean Paul, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I'm sorry, Paul, are you still there?
6: Yes, I'm still here. Can
1: you in ten seconds, can you just give the beginning part of your question because I did hang up on christian
6: okay the 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 question is. Are you going to go in and write bills and different things to stop the racism against our black against the black community?
1: Thank you.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. I would be very supportive of that. Absolutely. I will do everything I can. I've been supportive of everything on that with the council. I've supported everything from fighting racism, declaring racism, a public health crisis, Um, Back in June of 2020 to supporting the Black Lives Matter mule back in June to the establishment of an Indianapolis Commission on African Males um, in August of 2020 to um, establishing the Indianapolis Youth Commission. I was a mentee for that. Anything that I could do on the council to support that, I did. I was 100%. You have my solid support on that. I proved it on the council. I'm the one who has proved that to you. I have a solid voting record to prove that to you already. So you know that I will go in on the state Senate and do the same. You have my solid voting record on that.
1: All right. Paul, I wanted to know if you lived in Senate District 46. I wanted to know who you were going to vote for. But all right. Uh, Let's jump to one more call uh, because we're over time. But. It is what it is. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? This is Mike. I think. Go ahead. You got. Uh, I'm gonna give you 15 seconds. Uh, okay. Hit it. All right. Well, well,
2: quickly then. Well, I noticed she said she's gonna try to work across the aisle. I I think we ought to focus on on our base, and they focus on their base. Because if you notice, they never talk about working across the aisle in public because they don't care about working across the aisle in public. So I need you to focus
0: on our issues
1: thanks our, and I, th- I think K-Mac I wanted to ask but he hung up uh, was was talking about well I'm assuming on the Democrat side because he talked about on, on, on their side but there is a super minority you can talk with the Democrats on the super minority side all day and you guys can be all on the same page but when you're up against the super majority it does not matter the only way simple math the only way you will be able to have any success at the State House, and I spent time yesterday with the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus, the only sure. way you're going to get something passed is to work with the Republicans.
5: Sure. And I'm the one who has the experience doing that. All of my ordinances at the City Council have been 100% with bipartisan support. I have that legislative experience working across the aisle with my Republican colleagues. They have supported everything I've done on the council because I have I've earned that respect. I've earned working across the aisle with them and I have built those relationships. And I will do the same thing when I go in the state house. They have learned that, yes, I'm a Democrat. Yes, I have that solid voting record. But I do not have double forms and I have common sense, and I know how to build those relationships, and I know how to do it, and I know how to get things done. And I believe that when I go in there that they will listen to me because I've done it on the council, and that's how I get things done for our residents in Marion County, and I will do the same thing at the state legislature.
1: Kristen Jones, that's our time. How can people find out more about Kristen Jones, talk to you, research you uh, in the hours left that we have uh, ahead of Election Day?
5: Yes, thank you so much. Um, They can find me at KJ, that's the letter K-J-F-O-R-Indiana.com.
1: All right. Uh, Kristen Jones, I apologize, one, for the technical difficulties with the phone at the beginning and then for hanging up on you. That was totally my bad. No Thank
5: you. Thank you so much. No, no, thank you. Thank you for hanging in there with us, and I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing all the attention to District 46 and to our residents. I really
1: appreciate it. Absolutely. And no matter what, let's uh, stay in touch and talk after Election Day.
5: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful Sunday.
1: You too. That's going to do it for this election edition of Open Lines with Cameron Rodo. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Rodo, and I appreciate you being with us on this Sunday, May 1st. Uh, coming up on Hot 96.3, it's your favorite music and on WTLC. My apologies to Al Sharpton for taking up three minutes of your showtime. time. Uh, that's going to do it. We are back same time, same stations next Sunday, live at 8.